hi, hello, yo, what's up? <laughs> You're annoying. Hey guys, this is Steph Watts. And Muse. And welcome to the first episode of our new podcast called The, the Size. I'm you want to explain what size means to people that, that don't know what that means? I mean, okay, so everybody... King of DC. Right, right. That's what I was about to say. So, size is, you know, if you want to be intellectual about it. Size. No, seriously, size is like a play on psych. And psych meaning like a play, a trick on the mind. So, size is when you like explain something that you are psyched about or excited about or something that is fine to you. You size it. You be like really excited about it. That's the size. And so, in a world where everybody's talking about, ooh. Stick with it. Where people are talking about stuff that they don't like and hating and being like, this is corny, which is basically what Everything. me and Muse do all day. We, we like, like nothing. nothing. <laughs> um, the one or two things we do like, we're going to be talking about on a monthly basis on the podcast. Right. But... The podcast is rooted in R&B music, so that's what we'll mostly be talking about. But we go off on tangents because life. Tangina. <laughs> go Gina, Tangina. Ugh, go Gina. Oh, God, Are I forgot gonna... you don't like SZA. We don't have to start there. It's not that I don't like her. It's just that her trajectory has gone backwards and not forwards. As a former member of the, like, I was the president of her stand club. Like, I remember. Seven years ago. I remember. And I she didn't have no accent. She wasn't doing the whole, I'm um, insecure and I write in my journal. But was at the same time. And we don't have to, like, really start off the show on an argumentative um, standpoint. But I do know what you mean. It's fine. I like where things are going for her. I don't necessarily agree with how it happened. I'll say that. Right. So, should we, like, introduce ourselves, like, individually, or, I mean, we can. or like, do the fans already know who I feel we like, are? I feel like do nobody... Do the fans know us? Nobody's listening to this that don't already know who we are. <laughs> <laughs> and then the people who, like, find out later about it will know from them. <laughs> it's giving word of mouth. Ludicrous. <laughs> an album. Look, an album. Um, okay, so we'll, we have different segments, and so we always start the show off with event session because we be yeah, fed up, <laughs> and we be hurt, and we be mad. Naturally, like by default. Um, and so, uh, one thing that we've been dealing with, that we dealt with all 2017, was our phase letting us down. A struggle. It's really like the worst when somebody you have so much faith in, you pour so much of your time and your money into your illegal downloads into just does you <laughs> dirty. Like, and I tell you this all the time. Like, I don't really stand for anybody but myself. So uh, when I do actually like appreciate an artist and what they're giving me enough to like really go to bat for them, and then they do some dumb shit that gets on my nerves, bye. You're canceled immediately. The end. So who who what um which one of your faves had you riled up in 2017? Which one? It's several, but like the main <laughs> culprit of all of like my turmoil <laughs> this time around was Janae Aiko. Like yeah. I I adore Janae Ifuro Chilambo Aiko. <laughs> okay, government, you also like I probably said it in the wrong order, but because she got a lot of names, but I do. <laughs> I've always been a fan of Janae. Like, I was the fifth member of B2K. No one knows, but I was. So, that being said, I knew about everybody from the Chris Stokes camp. And, hmm. RIP, first of all. But, <laughs> <laughs> 
Janae, since like being a fan from back then and then, like watching her grow up and like coming back out with the Sailor Souls EP like in 2011, like it was a whole set and I was really excited for her and like everything that was happening. But I think that she started to go off on like this path. Like somebody basically told her that she was the next Sade and she ran with it and it blew me to smithereens mm-hmm. because it's like she's actually a singer but all we hear about all the time is Janae can't sing like she be whispering like mm-hmm. she is not a singer mm-hmm. and it's like have y'all been to a live show like well now because that's part of my rant she don't <laughs> perform Janae used to sing okay the first time that I saw Janae Aiko perform I went to the Nas and um Lauren Hill Legend of the Fall joint tour that they did and Janae was opening up for them and she was like real humble like she came out she was like I know most of y'all probably don't know who I am just because they got an old head audience and (laughs) she was just trying to like make sure people knew she was and she was singing down like she was doing jazz runs and riffs like it was like a performance quality I've never seen since then from her so with that being my first interaction exactly you better know it would that be my first interaction with her and then like most recently going to her concert at the Fillmore in Silver Spring like um a couple months ago and she didn't even do nothing but bop across the stage back and forth I was like you're you're like slowly but surely losing a fan this album is all over the place take that song with your daughter off like it's just I don't know like I have I mean you're not really like a Janae fan fan but like I know you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I am not. I don't. She bores me by herself. But yeah. all her features are slapping. Lit. Like, Pink Toes, We Gambino, slapping. Always did. Always did. Uh, Drunk Sex with Chris Brown. One of the, the best the songs of, of both of their careers, actually. Absolutely. So, I mean, I do, and I do think she can sing. I just feel like she doesn't want to sing because everybody now is trying to be on vibes. Oh, we're vibing. I'm on I'm vibes. So like, sing tired to me. You got to scream in my face. Exactly. You got to scream. And the thing is, she gives us peaks and valleys of the screaming. And I'm like, you can actually sing. Two minute warning. Singing. Um, drunk. Driving the song that she did mm-hmm. on the Saint Heron EP, mm-hmm. singing like there are moments where you are showing us that you can actually like blow, and you get in front of me and bop across the stage to Sativa without <laughs> Sway Lee. I need Sway Lee first of all. He makes the song. You're doing too much and exactly. not enough at the same time. Well, you know who also is the same with no like personality on stage that blew me was Georgia Smith. Oh, I never liked her. I mean, I was into her. You know, I'm very much so into the British R and B acts. Like Nao and all the rest. Quab sings, sings though. Like you're right. talking about singers, and then you brought up Georgia Smith. What? She not not a singer, but she not. The not thing singer. is, she does. When I saw, first of all, that ticket with fees was like thirty two dollars. So I'm like, this girl better give me a whole bunch. Mm-hmm. And she had no stage presence. She was barely singing in the mic. And it was really a letdown because I was excited to see her because, you know, like her and Ella May or Ella Ma, however you say her name, you know, they're like the R&B girls for 2017. Yeah. So I was excited. But yeah, she, I don't know. This, people are on people their lines. don't perform anymore because everybody want to be on some vibe. We're in the so should vibe. we not be like venting about the individual artists who have like succumbed to vibes or should we just be venting about the status of new R&B girls. I feel like we can rant about both. One, because Janae Eichel is the same age as us. It and is. so she know better. Do. 
Or should. She should know better. And has proven herself to know better. So why are you acting now? That's the irritating thing. Like, I don't think that... Well, okay. Part of the reason that her album specifically got on my nerves is because (laughs) I'm tired of artists like... Thinking about streaming before they think about actually putting out a body of work. Everybody mm-hmm. is so big on like numbers now and they want all of the songs to have single potential. And it's just like, girl, give me a collective, like give me like a body of work. Like you did very well with your first album. People were on your line about it. Like you got your kudos. They're giving you your flowers. You're still not Sade and you shouldn't be trying to be. So, all of this wavy, vibey shit by one. And then two. Wow, really going off already. Or. And then secondly. You're fed up because that's really your fave. Like, you I love, love Janae. But, you like, I her. can't, like, I'm an objective music fan. And so I just want to say, we have to be honest with our faves. Do. Because the thing is, being a stand is silly because you're not helping your fave grow if you just co sign all the foolishness they do true and like you don't help the the genre or anything right. like that grow like our parents and like people older than us always talk about r&b is dead and do da 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 and it's just like that's not necessarily true but what they put it out there for the masses to know about mm-hmm. is not the best of what we actually listen to like half the stuff on the show gonna be stuff never people people never heard of before and that's the point of the site to put people on to all the stuff we're listening to that's actually good that R&B music. Right. right, that we should be sicing because there's so many the right artists that deserve platforms that aren't getting it because they manager white and don't be putting them on to <laughs> black, um, black outlets or because Ebro and whoever work at Power 105 are 40, 50 years old and don't know what young people are listening to besides rap. So it's like, you know, just giving a platform and amplifying the voices of all the dope artists that's coming out um, in R&B. That des- or not even just R&B, like black artists in general that yeah. deserve to get their life. Because, because we're going to transcend genre. Right. Anyway. Because a, a sickening vocal is a sickening vocal, is. whatever genre you in. So we're but gonna if you have a sickening vocal and you don't use it, I will light your ass up. And that's what I need you to know. Like, <laughs> don't get on my nerves. <laughs> don't get on my nerves. That's all I ask. So, okay, who else got on nerves this year? Kalella got on my nerves this year. Oh, yeah, you hate it. You Kalella, literally, I would have tattooed her name on my forehead about <laughs> four months ago. But then, because I live for her, like I remember the day that the cut for me single came yeah. out. Like, I got an time, email yeah. with the link that was like, Hey, there's this, this song out that's dropping, like, get on it. And I've been obsessed with her since day one. Went to all her shows in New York. The one time, I, the first time I saw her, I already knew every single word to the cut for me mixtape. I was like, Me and my homegirl are the only black people in the entire venue. Like, I am obsessed. However, comma, this album, it's missing the, the, it's missing the, um, first of all, it's missing the beats. Like, where are the drums at? I was waiting for you to say that. Again, another person that's succumbing to the vibe. Like, where are the beats? I think what made Kalela so lit was that she was singing this straight up R&B music over these crazy club beats. And that's what made, even the slow songs had like, crazy drums you know what i'm yeah, saying for sure. and i felt like the soul like the heart and soul of her music was gone because she just on some vibe like i don't everybody know everybody want to be so fucking wavy now yeah. it's just like that's not hot 
like that's my heart. heart. I mean, shout out to Tamar, Severin, Maryland. Whose album is hot, by the way. Um, we like I'm gonna go on a tangent about that, so I don't wanna, you know. We're not gonna go there yet. Yeah. But um yeah, so I just really felt like Kalella like really let her core fans down and she's she's basically pandering to the black girl magics. Ooh, the girls that we hate. <laughs> the naturals and the wokes and all of the people who live in Brooklyn and think that they Solange now. Uh like it's really and I feel like I I think I really feel like she succumbed to that whole thing. Because even in her interviews, all she was doing was talking about how white men suck. And I'm like, girl. The music don't even match up with that. It's like, girl, first of all, you're talking about how much white men suck. But, like, all your press is to white outlets. So, mm-hmm. if, if white men and white people suck so much and you're sick of white people having their hands on R&B, then why are you giving interviews to all these white press outlets? Like, right. why are you not... And why are you not knocking down Essence or why are you not knocking down XO Nicole or whoever else, Black Blavity, you know what I'm saying? And then on top of that, like, when you go back and look, look at the, um, the credits, because I, I still look at credits. You have to. Majority of the people in the credits were white, white men. Yeah. As far as writers, producers, was majority white men. And she did have women, but they were all white too. So it's just like, what is the truth? You can't spend every single one of your interviews, like, literally, I've read, like, so many of her interviews that came out for press this year around this album, and not one time did she talk about, like, did she not talk about white people? You maybe not white want people. to, you maybe not want to read the articles or not, like, research the album outside of just listening to the music, because you kept saying, like, on Twitter and, like, in our just normal group chat conversations, you were like, Kalela blowing me, like, you were over her. <laughs> because I don't like it, I don't like when black people talk about white people, because it's like, For what? what do they have to do with anything? Yeah. Like, white people, like, if, if you're art, if you're a black woman, and you're making this music, and you are making this music for black people, why are you wasting your time worrying about what white people are doing? Who cares? They're exactly. not relevant to anything. Like, white people are not relevant to anything unless they are your personal friends, and they're relevant to your personal life. But, but that's what it is, and I keep telling you that some of these people that we be like, these are our faves, and they do all of this and all of that, they don't have... They don't come from, like, blackity-black households like we did. Because that's another thing that the size is, like, rooted in. You being from Philly and me being from D.C., it's black. Like, hey, and, like, uh, nothing against any other race or anything like that. But R&B came from a place of, this is some black shit. We need our own mm-hmm. because everything else has been taken. Why are we not going to, like, you know, provide for us? And with that being the foundation, I could see how you would be upset because she's, like, claiming that she's doing this for the culture and going off on these white people. But, like, Kalella probably only got white friends. Um, she's from Maryland, but she probably not from, like, PG County. Like, she probably not from, like, Lago. She not up there at the land of, Like, she, like, I don't know. She's not at the go-go. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I get, I get exactly what you're saying. Like, I get it. And it is, and I really feel like she, yeah, I think that she really succumbed to that and she's focusing on the wrong things. If you want, because the thing is, after that first time I saw her, she literally, like, found me, like, in the crowd after the show and she hugged me. She was like, this is, like, a million years ago, so this is by no means saying that, like, me and Chloe are friends or I got no score. This is literally like a month or two after I wish that y'all were friends because you could then say so, something well I didn't what is, this is when she was hanging with a whole different crowd she wasn't in a Solange crowd and all that kind of yeah. stuff 
And she was Shout like... Shout out to Solange, though, for, like, checks and stuff. Yeah, so she was like... Uh, she was like, oh, my God, like, I'm so glad she came to the show. Like, I just really want to perform for, like, for black people. And it's like, if you really want to do that, it's ways to do that. And so I'm so sick of all these artists being like, oh, I want to perform for black people. Oh, I want to have a black fan base. I, you can make that happen. It's ways to make that happen. You just have to actually do it. And one of them, first of all, is not is having a black manager because it's nothing wrong with having a white manager but white white managers they don't know all these different like they don't a white manager won't know what blavity is and i'm not saying i personally support blavity because that's not my blavity that's not your agenda yeah they're not paying us like but no no no, i'm just saying like blavity isn't doesn't speak to who my like to me right you know what i'm saying but it's like a white manager won't know what blavity is a white manager won't know what the root is a white manager you know what i'm saying like they don't know those kind of things and so like if you want to have a black audience they don't know they don't know a white manager don't know what the howard theater is don't a white manager don't know what the shrine in chicago is they don't know what the leah chorus or the miriam theater is or the dell east first of all go off for this list but like you're right they don't but i think that also I don't know, like, it speaks to a whole space that we're in, like I said, how we shouldn't be ranting about the artists, and we might need to just be ranting about the space that we're in, and or both, because blackity black people are not writing for these publications and covering the artists that they should either, like, who on that fader little, like, thing that came on Twitter did you think was a cool black person? There is this really cool girl named Lakin that works for them, um, and, but she's the only one that writes articles that I think are, like, good and uh-huh. relevant, and, like, anything that I, I just remember I remember back in the day like when we was in college and we was like oh well we want to do stuff like this I remember how cool it was to see certain people doing certain things that looked like us mm-hmm. and now the people who like look like us are not doing the things that they should be doing well they're not cool I think that's what the difference but is. they want to be that's why they look like us like they put on the they put on the costume of the right. cool kids, mm. but they don't live out the cool kid life or do right. the cool kid things. And like it's also whack to call yourself a cool kid, so like scratch that <laughs> from this whole like narrative. But y'all get what I'm saying. Like they look like they will be doing the things that we want to do and speaking for the underground music and like mm-hmm. stuff that is really of quality that people should all be listening to and like what is popping. But they just be talking about the same backpack rappers and like the popular shit. Like mm-hmm. they talk about all the same stuff. And it's dumb. It's monotonous. Right. And well, I just want to circle back to what she was saying about the whole streaming thing because Ugh, annoying. Um, Chris Brown put out this forty-five album record. I mean, forty-five record album. So we're going here now because he Bye wanted to get all these streams. And it's like, Chris, to me, I will go on record. And I know a lot of people don't like Chris Brown. And if that means people will not listen to the podcast, they have totally found me. Because Chris Brown got issues. Chris Brown needs to be in consistent therapy and all the rest. But Chris Brown is one of my favorite songwriters of our generation, point blank, period. And that's that on that. Hashtag. Um, And out of the 45 songs that he put on there, they're easily like, 10 to 12 songs he could have made that one album. They could have been one of his best albums. Because I think coming oh off God. of X, which was easily... The best album of Chris Brown's career thus far. And then he came around and did Royalty right after, which was another, like, Bob banger album. album. And then he comes back with with Heartbreak on a Full Moon, and it's like, what? I think that Chris Brown gets carried away. And it's like, I did... <laughs> no, seriously, like, I did a whole 
rant on Twitter. Like you remember when I listened to the song, like listened to each song in real time on Twitter, and I was just like, nah, y'all can skip. 22 through 25, like, just letting y'all know, like, I did the work, and I listened to the full thing, and to be completely fair, every single song on Chris Brown's album has a place, but every single song on Chris Brown's album is not a Chris Brown song, it's not necessarily part of the same album or EP, (laughs) and it doesn't also take up valid space in his discography. Right. But I do think that the songs that could have been throwaways could have been throwaways and a check because he could have easily sent five or six of them songs between 30 and 45 <laughs> to Justin Bieber and it would have been one of the biggest hits of his career. He Which, could have what, easily. What's one song you think he could have gave away? I mean, like out of 45 songs, there's a smooth like. <laughs> no, but like, can you think about like one, like what's one in particular you feel like? So okay, there are four songs. I might need help with the names of them. I can't. Okay, <laughs> Hope you do. These Ooh! are no, 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 no. These are hope not. You do is us. These yeah. are not throwaways. These are not throwaways. But hope you do. Everybody mm. knows. Mm. Sip, and it's one more song that easily could have been like revitalizing career songs for Joe. Mm. He could have given one to Tank for Tank Savage album, like. These are songs that other artists should have been a To my bed, that's the fourth one. Keep me yeah. honest. You better know my ass. You better know me. <laughs> to my bed, definitely should have been To my bed, like, those songs are bomb. And it's like, mm. Chris Brown, you did them justice. It's fine. But they don't belong in the same, the same album as Wet. Um, Pills and Automobiles, what's the name of the song? Like, they don't belong in the same album as mm-hmm. that, even though that's my shit. If it comes and on the thing any- is, he didn't sequence it right either, because it's like, I feel like he don't Chris care. Brown can make any. Chris Brown can make any kind of song, and what he should have did was he should have had a section what the girl for like the, right. <laughs> what he should have did was like the EDM section, the straight up R and B section, the like bedroom section, and he, and had those songs in order, and that would have been mm. able. That was that was one of the things that I said in my article on demandthemuse.com, Shame Hello. Plug. Because like after I annotated it on Twitter, I just posted that shit on my website. Like, look, I'm not doing this twice. Y'all gonna read that and y'all gonna get it. I listed out the songs that actually could have made what you said was the best album of his career because there are very mature songs on the mm-hmm. album. And I love, personally, like, my favorite Chris Brown is when he going off about stuff that really affects him in his life. Mm-hmm. Hashtag Karuchi. Oh, so, yeah, the Karuchi like, songs are the best. The Karuchi songs be the best. Like, anytime where you could directly say, oh, he talking about her, it's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. So, he could have had not only a section on that, he could have been legendary and broken this whole album up into five or six EPs mm-hmm. and been like, all right, here y'all go. I'm going to do, like you said, an EDM section. That could have been one ED, ED, um, EP. He could have did another section where it was the mature Karuchi I Hate You situation. <laughs> Boom. She could have had all like her own little love, love letter to herself. That would have been very cute. Mm-hmm. And then like he could have just broken it up that way and like still, I think that what he was trying to do was give us a shock value like, oh, 45 songs. That's a lot. But I mean, at the same time, Music Soul Child came out with two albums in the past two years. Both of them had over 20 songs on it. Mm-hmm. Part of my issue with Janae was that had 22 songs on it. Mm-hmm. Some of them should have been sent straight to Sesame Street. And it's like, <laughs> it's not crazy or unique what you're doing. You just did it worse than everybody right. else. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't know. It, it should have been broken up. There are a bunch of songs on that album where it's like, oh, wait. 
this is a song. Mm -hmm. And then it's like five or six songs later, you'll find another one that makes you feel like that. Right. But you had to weed through the Selena Gomez tracks you should have made. <laughs> like, it's just like those songs should have been sent to somebody else. And then to add insult to injury, he made a deluxe version for Christmas time. Well, only one Christmas songs. Why would you add 12 songs on top of the already daunting 45-track mm -hmm. album you came out that with? That no one listens to Nobody but, like, listens to but us. We the <laughs> only two us, people. Us we the two. only two people that listen to that shit. And it's like, we see what you did, but don't get on my nerves. <laughs> that is what needs to be, like, spread across. <laughs> don't get on my nerves. That's my motif. <laughs> I'm over it. Well, I love Chris Brown. We and it's the thing. It's not like these are people who we don't love. Like we love these artists. Like support these artists. We go see them on tour. Like we done watch Chris Brown's documentary. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Which was fire. Was and like I think that everybody should actually watch that. Chris just Brown to, is so he under he knows himself so well. He's so introspective about the stuff he does. Like. Even when you think about the graffiti album that came out right after the All whole the Rihanna, Rihanna thing, stuff, yeah. and them Rihanna songs, he was really like taking, uh, what's what I'm looking for, taking inventory of himself and being like, yo, this was crazy, this is where I was when I did this, this is, I'm... 18 or 19 however old I am and I'm carrying all this stuff on my yeah. back and I told my mom I used to pee we said he said he peed on himself because he wants to see his, go he out home see his, his mom. mom getting beat yeah. like now I'm famous and I'm taking care of my mom I'm taking care of all these other people who did us dirty and the way that he went in depth about certain occurrences that we all was just looking at him crazy for mm -hmm. really gave me like what I needed as far as why like mm -hmm. why are you acting out like why are you going through this and objectively because it's an objective podcast i love that he's able or like has the capacity to go back and like you said take inventory of those actions that he's made and like what they meant but at the same time i don't approve of continuing to do them things oh absolutely like but that's why he he when he opened up that uh the x album and that first song where he was like you only bad as the cup the company you keep and true, true you know talking about how the people he got his friends he got around him aren't good people but he ain't really doing nothing active to kind of get away from all them people like chris brown know what he's doing he know what he need to be doing but he not necessarily always taking the steps to do it. Yeah. And that's where I mean, and that's real. Off, and that's where he falls off the, the boat. Um, but before we close the segment out, we probably should cite the songs from these artists that we're venting about. Oh, uh, because they do have good songs. Because they did put out great albums. So I was mad at Kalella this uh, 2017. So Blue Light is is like the song. Blue Light is one of my favorite songs that came out in 2017. Like, it's no way around it. It's like true classic Kalela. The video is beautiful. She sounds beautiful. Hit that stick like grits. Okay, so like, even though I went off on Janae and like, it was <laughs> a whole tangent, like, she get on my nerves. That's my, that's still my sign. <laughs> there were several songs off of the Trip album that I really do appreciate. And, like, even though everybody cites Sativa and everybody loves that song, Psilocybin, a song, she carries on for a smooth six minutes. Like, <laughs> the cadence of that, like, it's like, whether you think that she can sing or not, there's certain stuff that she does with the intricacies of her voice. And it's like, nobody else is doing that. Like, you basically a rapper right now. Like, and we see things like that happen with, like, the Beyonce's and the Rihanna's. Like, they do stuff with, like, the back body of their voice, mm. where it's like, Oh, you're not even singing right now, but like, if I tried to do that in the studio, it would sound like gibberish. Mm -hmm. Like, Psilocybin is a song. Shout out to Corey Davis for oh, really putting me on. Song. Like, 
Oh, mama be talking about all the drugs she never touched in her life, but it's still a song. So, I mean, I do have to shout her out for that because, like, there were moments on the trip album. And Chris Brown, for me, the oh. title track, like, the actual song, Heartbreak on the Full Moon, is like. The song. Even though I don't know what that means, it's a song. Like, but Ooh. that's not even only one. Like, like I said, there are so many mature, like, I've grown up and I understand. And, like, this is the music that I should be making type mm-hmm. songs on his album. Lost and Found, a song. I need to revisit. You know, there's so many. Look, I've only been able to really lock into. I have my little list. I got Heartbreak on the Full Moon. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. Okay, because he's talking about Karuchi. So, right. yeah. Yeah. He Direct reference. Drain her. To death, like Kaya <laughs> say. Um, to he my bed, of her. course. Hope you do. No, I know you don't like Nowhere. I love Nowhere. It's a really great soundtrack song to me. Mm-mm. And Tough Love are the Tough songs love that I've been song. able to really lock into. Go ahead. Tough Love is a song. So, I agree with To My Bed. I agree with Everybody Knows. I agree with Heartbreak on the Full Moon. I agree with How You Do. Nowhere can kick rocks. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like Pull Up. I like Ready With. Like, I like oh. his childish songs, too. Like, I like <laughs> Juicy Booty featuring my girl. Oh, I hate Juicy Booty. I think that it's childish, but, like, I understand its place. After Juicy <laughs> Booty, everybody needs to stop sampling that damn Juicy song. You are sick I'm of over it. Like, you brought people. up Let It Go by Keisha Cole the other day, and I was over Like, I'm, I bent over the sample. <laughs> We have original work that we need to be putting out. Like, we don't have to sample the oldies but goodies anymore. God damn. <laughs> it's like, no, I love a sample, but just not that one. It's songs on this album, though. But nobody's listening to it. Oh, nobody. But I also, real quick, before we finish venting, because, like, I love a vent. <laughs> Chris Brown, the only artist that RCA pushed that's black. Oh, RCA hates their artists. Oh, because who should be on this list that we're about to talk about soon is Tinashe. But, um... I'm oh, gonna... no, so now she has to get her own show because maybe we should do it a her and Tink show together because sure. there are faves that, like, could have been but T-T. didn't become. Uh, we can add Tiana Taylor in there, too. That's a vent. Can't do shut down. Can't do this in a while. Said I feel like I just can't lose a wish came true right now, yeah. Now I feel like a ball. Yeah, I feel like a ball. Said I feel like I just can't lose a wish came true right now, yeah I know just what we gon' do Get it, that's what we gon' do According to us, right? Because that we don't, we we don't think, have to like them. Yeah, that um, we want everybody to listen to and be obsessed with. Like we're obsessed, and so we hope you enjoy the songs that uh, we're sharing. And we'll like put the name and all that stuff um, in the link in the yeah. bio, so you can know 
um, the song. Please support, buy, whatever you do. Comment, um, share, like, all those things that you do on the internet. All the things, exactly. <laughs> and Sice. Hello? Sice the shit out of you. <laughs> so, next we're going to talk about... Um, my favorite songs of 2017. Yeah, my favorite yeah. albums Yours. of 2017. It's like, I agree with some of them. So, uh, okay. Year in, year in, because year in list from like music outlets always suck because everybody's trying to look so cool and artsy that they're not actually clocking into the albums the that are actually music. five yeah. and the albums that are amazing. And also, just in general, it's hard to say what is the best album of a year because. So many albums come out, and there's no way to listen to every single album that has come out. No, not at all. And I think that they do a disservice to not only the fans, but also to themselves, because they miss out on the stuff that was good because they're trying to look cool. Like, SZA's on everybody's list. We love SZA, but goddamn. Like, there are other artists, and there's other stuff that came out that people are overlooking because they want to, like, push a certain agenda. But, I mean, you know. Right. And I think also, too, like, people, the people whose job is to write about music, they don't love music for real. Don't. If that makes sense. Like, they like it enough, they like mainstream stuff, but they don't really love music. Like, they're not consistently, like, looking for new artists, digging into archives. Like, they're not doing all that kind of stuff. And so, it's also, like, they not really want to come with the come with the because (laughs) they don't really love music like that and like i said because they don't take up space in having a black circle or like a blackity black Mm -hmm. upbringing they don't even have the history on the references that this Mm -hmm. music is coming from or like Mm -hmm. their parents wasn't making them listen to like the stylistics and the temptations and the whispers and the commodores and all they weren't giving that hello and then like even I know a lot of people are confused about certain artists if they have, like, more obscure references, like the Freddie Mercury's and the Prince's, and, like, it's because the work wasn't done beforehand, Mm -hmm. and the people are not, like, pushing that forward now. But, I mean, go ahead. But that's why the site is here, to fill in those gaps. And so, I'm going to run through my top 10 on top of my head because you know when like you say your top 10 and It'd be then different when you start talking about it it, it does so we're gonna go with what i wrote down first um and i do want to say there's a difference between the your favorite 10 your favorite 10 albums of the year and then the best 10 albums of the year because there are albums that were the best like were very well made mm-hmm. but they aren't my personal favorite that's true so i'm doing my favorite and then i'm gonna do some honorable mentions but the honorable mentions are the albums i think were like some, some of the best, best. yeah like as far as like production or that i'm glad you made that differentiation too because these these outlets child and npr <laughs> music talking about hendrix was a top 10 r&b album by they need to hire us being <laughs> Job and cut a check. Hello? Um, so first, I'm gonna start with Daniel Caesar's Freudian. So, wait, before you say anything else about this album, and I hate to cut you off, who are the girls? That's what I need. <laughs> I need to know who is who are these young ladies that are singing on the very last song, Freudian? Because I got questions concerned. I need to know their church, I need to know their pastor, <laughs> I need to know what choir they sing on because them young like ladies were singing. Like, up. if they didn't do nothing else, they sang. Hmm. Like, Hmm. Who are the girls? Hmm. That's a hashtag. We're going to find them. We're going to find them. Yes. Daniel Caesar, call the site. <laughs> the site at AOL.com. <laughs> Shout out to the Queen's Court. <laughs> okay. 
We're working. We're working. <laughs> Bye. Um, so Daniel Caesar 40 and definitely goes on there. Every single song on there is so bomb to me. Yeah. I love that all his um, features are women mm-hmm. and it's women that can sing, even though Miss Charlotte. Charlotte Day Wilson, she irked me because I love her voice. I saw her open up for, I think, D'Angelo um, a few years ago. But she literally sounded exactly like Leon, Leon Le Havis. And it was so weird because I keep thinking okay, it's Leon, but it's Charlotte and it's weird. But anyway, I love, love, love Daniel Caesar's 40. I've been trying to tell people about Daniel Caesar for about two years with nobody listening to me. And now everybody knows. That's- He's been out. That's the thing that I hate about being a music head or like being like a deep lover of music or whatever because like people be out and then they end up on best new artist list mm-hmm. or like whatever the case may be three years after they've been out. Like we've been here. And that's not even like a slice to ourselves. It's just it that's is funny. what it is. Like it's a soft flex. But <laughs> again, Daniel Caesar's album Everything that you said is completely true. Like, I like that he has so many, like, gospel references. Oh, yeah. That that Kirk Franklin Hold Me Now reference is everything. And it got him a little bit more shine because it put him in the gospel tribute section of the Soul Train Awards. Mm -hmm. Don't that audience did not know who Daniel Caesar was. Nope, sure didn't. I like how awkwardly he performs. Like, I like so many different things about him. Ugh. And he also sang back back in vocals for my favorite song of 2017, Mary J. Blige, Telling the Truth. A song. Written, he, I think he co-wrote the song as Had well. You. Produced by Kay Trinata. He's singing background vocals. He had an amazing year. Telling the Truth is a slap of a song. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Mary. And he probably did part of, if not all of the reference, because that's why his vocals oh, are Oh, I'm sure. Him. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, next up is our girl, Brina Hive, <sighs> Sabrina Claudio. Shout out to Trevor. <laughs> like, no, seriously, the girl. <laughs> On this week's episode of The Girl. It's Sabrina D. Claudio. Like, I, I love, what I love about her, first of all, I don't even know how I even, like, discover her, but then you say, like, oh, that's that girl that be singing covers on YouTube. Do. And I think I found her on SoundCloud, and it was that song, Tell Me, which to me was the best bridge of 2017. (laughs) Um, I will fist fight anybody and a mom and a pastor that disagree. Oh, it's not going to be a fist fight. We're going to jump them because it's true. Oh, okay. Great. So, um, and I'm from Philly. Like, we will have, like, weapons on hand if you need to be. I mean, you're That's that on that. (laughs) Um, But Sabrina, I love her album because... She does that whole, like, breathy, kind of ethereal, like, Sade thing, but it doesn't feel contrived. It doesn't feel like she's trying to be anybody else but herself, which I feel like a lot of artists now, especially young artists, mm-hmm. are trying to present a certain way. And it's like her look and her voice all and the music all match. And they all make sense. Like, she only gives you a, a slip dress <sighs> and a dark lip. And it just sounds like the music. She just looks ethereal. She sounds ethereal. Like, every single song on there is amazing. Like, oh, my God. It's, it, honestly, for me, Breakout Star 2017, oh, for sure, hands is down. Sabrina like, Claudio. I, the only word that I can say to describe Sabrina is effortless. Like, I feel like every single thing about her music, her aesthetic, like, it's all so effortless like it feels like we are just like being introduced to literally the girl like her like who she is i saw her live because she opened up for black six lakh and um she did like 
eight or nine songs off of the new About Time album, and I was just like melting in the stands. Like I was in the rafters, like oh, sing more. Like she sings. Like it's like she's not even trying, and she's like Hispanic and a little bit ghetto. Like I get into that. Like and her dad is fine. Um, but like, I don't know, like everything about, like, I liked her EP, even though like her EP came out in, I think 2016 and I was actually a year late cause I didn't find out about that EP until this year. And then when her album came out, I was just like, what? Mm-hmm. Like, what is this? Literally, she is my best new artist of the year. Like, I know she not on no award shows, on no dockets. She not on no, <laughs> she not on nothing, but that is, like, she literally had one of the best new artist albums of the year. My dad the other day was like, who's new that's out that actually sings? Like, who can really sing? And I was just like, Sabrina Claudio, like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. They not playing her stuff on DC radio. Which is crazy, because even though I hate that they put young artists on Urban AC, I feel like she has songs that could be on Urban AC that the old heads would love. She has stuff that could transcend. Like, it could be on Adult Contemporary. Like, I could mm-hmm. see her on WHUR 96.3. Like, <laughs> all of those. And still, like, manifesting an audience. Like, it was this girl beside me at the concert. And she was just like, who is that girl that just went off stage? She could really sing. I was like, her name is Sabrina Claudio. Her album's called About Time. I was like, put me <laughs> on the street, too. Like, I am about it. Like, that's Yeah, I time. think Belong to You definitely could have been on Urban AC. Definitely. Um, natural. There are songs on this album. <laughs> and then, like, I love when there's, like, a harsh percussion. Wait. Wait is one of my favorite songs off of this album. And it's unexpected. Like, ugh, I love her. Five. Um, I just want to preface this is not in any particular order. I'm just, like, yelling out my list. Next, I put Kendrick's Damn. I, you know, you listen to an album the first time, you're like, oh my god, this album is crazy. Mm-hmm. But it's like you t- you take a break for a while and then you listen to it again. If you still feel that same way, that's how you know it's a good album, and that's how I feel about them. Um, it's just like I love Kendrick because when Kendrick rap, it feel like hot bullets, like just hitting <laughs> your body. It just feel like he just like. A short shot won't graze you, like Beanie say. Like, that's how it feel when You're Kendrick rap to me. Like, it's just like, uh, uh. Like, you don't even get no rest. Like, no, you just yeah. be coming at He you. got his foot on, on next. Oh, definitely. Like, really got his foot, like, stamped and pressed <laughs> on next. Like, he is not letting up. At all. And you know what? I didn't really love to pimp a butterfly that much. And I know everyone's like, oh, it was so unapologetically black. Oh, it was all. That but hashtag me, got on my nerves. Oh, I muted that hashtag. Like, I, unapologetically these. The fuck? <laughs> so, I felt like to pimp a butterfly, Kendrick don't need a whole bunch. And it was just Mm-mm. too, it was too much going on that I couldn't focus on the bars. And that's what we here for, because we here for the bars. I love Kamasi Washington. I love Terrence Martin. I love Thundercat and all the rest of the doo-wop, pop-pop, maladeers. <laughs> And band leaders of Los Angeles. Right. However, I don't need all that. Just give me some a high hat and some bars. And so I think that he really took it back to like why I fell in love with Kendrick in the mm-hmm. first place with Damn. And so I love the album. I love pretty much every single song on there. Like yeah. I don't I don't remember really skipping anything um, on the album. Last year, just like top to bottom. No, to seriously, bottom. like Damn was probably the best hip-hop album to come out this year honestly like i feel like what differentiates 
September Butterfly and Damn is that Damn had potential for every song to kind of be like a single. Mm-hmm. And September Butterfly didn't have no singles, for real. Like, King Kunta, All Right, or whatever yeah, the song right. was. Mm-hmm. I just like... And King Kunta was weird because I'm like, I don't... It's weird being out and like white people are singing King Kunta. It's like, uh You be feeling some kind of way. Because that's just awkward to me. It's that didn't like get down in my soul the way it did. Your no, way. it don't irk me. It just feels weird. Because if I was a white person, I would be like, uh, probably shouldn't... I wouldn't feel comfortable mm-hmm. singing about Kusa Kinte. Like I think that what people think the cool part is about a lot of this hashtag unapologetically blackness is that these artists or like these public figures don't care about whether the white people are comfortable or not mm-hmm. and it's just like we gonna make y'all do whatever the case may be and it's not always appropriate to me like sometimes it does leave you in like a uh, <laughs> space but <I'm> working. <laughs> we're working <laughs> but Damn was a damn good album. Mm-hmm. Like as cheesy as that is, it just it just was. Like I didn't have any qu- and 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 these were some of the best visuals he's oh, ever come out absolutely. with. Ever come out with. Like absolutely. I think that what you said about his album, one like liking it at first and being really into it, and like oh this is a crazy album, and then like going back and like really getting into the nooks and crannies of each song. You can do that with every Kendrick album, but with this, it means something different because it was cooler. Like it was like oh wait, like I fuck with this. Like this is my mm-hmm. shit. Like you could actually jam to some of those songs. Like every time love come on in any oh, place yeah. where it's uh-huh. being played loud, I'm going to stop whatever I'm doing and my shoulders <laughs> are going to shoot me at least. Like it's a whole situation and I never felt like that about any Kendrick anything before. Mm-hmm. He bombed though. But Oh yeah. definitely. And I feel like he also really finally stepped into who he was and mm-hmm. you can hear the confidence. Yeah. In this album, more than like Section Eighty and all the other like way back mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, speaking of confidence, Miss Tamar went for it. On this album. <laughs> Tamar said, "Y'all gonna stop t- telling me I sing like Tony D. Braxton, <sighs> and I'm about to give you all these ballads, and I'm about to really sing." And so another song album that I have on my top ten list is Tamar's Bluebird of Happiness album. Are you a fan of her show? Tamar events. I watched Tamar events out of nosiness. N- exactly. <laughs> Only because I'm being messy. But and this season, I'm not. I'm think I'm gonna actually stop because I don't like the way he be talking to her. No, that's why. I never. Why I never liked it. how she talked to him, and so I never really hard body got into it. Mm-hmm. But I was hard body watched. Like I, I would watch like, maybe like two shows or three shows a season. Mm-hmm. But I've been faithful this season because I was like, I mean, because they divorced during filming, yeah. so I'm just being messy. But it's getting to the point where I don't like the way he talks to her, and it's just, like, crazy. Um, I get into a trash TV, so, like, she's definitely on my list and has been since season one. <laughs> um, I follow any and all things Braxton's related. We are the Braxton's and you'll see them. A song. Um, a single. They should have came out with that. A Shut video up. and everything. Wow. Single treatment. But I think that it's interesting to me to, like, have the album, Bluebird, and then watch everything that's going on in her personal life and just see how they parallel. Mm-hmm. Because there are moments on that album where I'm like, she's thinking about Vince. Oh, absolutely. And like, I told you earlier today, like some of the ballads on that album are like, she's singing like she's on a Broadway stage. Like, there's drama in her vocals. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that about it. And, 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 mm-hmm. these are the best up-tempos of her career. The end. I feel like, like I said, 
earlier today, like on an offline conversation, Tamar bests herself with something on every album. Her first album was cool. It was an introduction to like the new her after like a resurgence, basically. Mm-hmm. Like you have all of this newfound fame. Then her second album, she beat the first one with lyrics. That writing on that second album is some of her best ever. Hands like down. she worked with the best people. Broken record, Ooh. a song. Listen, huh, a raise, song. what's it? Raise the bar. Look, circles, raise the bar. Look, sex over nonsense. Look, 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 <laughs> look, look. And broken record was written by Clark Atlanta alone. Huh. Look, a, a shout out to our alma mater. A university. Then, look, find a way or make one. Culture for service. Listen. So. Best herself with the lyrics on the second album, and then on this third one, these up tempos. I feel like these are the type of bops that she wanted to make from jump. Like mm-hmm. she was pressing this out as a fan of the show. She was pressing <laughs> this out from beginning about making like not doing doo wop pop pop, and she wanted to do stuff that she could basically like twerk to. Mm-hmm. And hola, wanna love you, boy? Hola, hola. Like these are songs. Yeah. These are songs. Wow. An artist. And the sampling of Curtis Mayfield's The Makings of You. (sighs) Even though I do think that that was a direct shot towards Monica because they had their whole situation this year. Oh, yeah, that's true. Like, I don't know if people peeped that, but, like, Monica had The Makings of Me and then With a Dozen Roses. (laughs) Same song. (laughs) But I do do really like that song. Like, that is a good song. Yeah, Tamar came through. Every single song is bomb. I don't no. skip no songs on that album. Well, I do skip My Man, but only because it's on the radio. And the songs that come on the radio, we I hate the radio. Yeah, we don't like it. So, um, next we're talking about, that's a classic-y R&B. Next classic-y R&B album I have is Latoya Luckett, My Sis, <laughs> My Girl. No, seriously. My when favorite I child of destiny. Stephanie loves Latoya the Luckett. Like, Sam. you cannot say anything bad about this Can't. woman to her. Like, I'm actually going to send an email to who, uh, to, to the Queen's Court because <laughs> I need to know who put the toy lucky on the docket. All they said was about her forehead. And they was talking about her marriage. <laughs> and I do, I do have my grievances about that, but oh, you're not going to be God. putting my girl on the docket. Latoya Luckett don't got no bad albums. I can't confirm she has, It's like, no, I'm just playing. She don't got a bad album. Oh, I was about to say, don't try because... <laughs> she don't got a bad you album. Because really still talk about Lady Love that, like, it ain't come out Oh, wait. Um, I'm sorry. Lady Love has some of the best ballads in that bitch career. I don't give a fuck. I really don't. You think you give a fuck? Because I don't. Because I don't. She got songs. Written like, by Tank. who? Let's... Uh, take me the whole episode, too. Because there are things that him and Carrie Hilson do. Wow. Exactly. I'm probably going to lose some fans. But... Tank and Carrie Hilson, a team. Listen, I I just feel like because I hate that anybody that's in Destiny's Child will never get their due because don't everything is about... No, listen, I feel like everything is about Beyonce. People don't really care. Because people don't even give Kelly her, the due that Kelly deserves. And when y'all... And we, our, we need another episode on the Child of Destiny. Then. And, and our group chat, y'all was going bringing off all these Kelly Rowland songs that y'all love. And y'all know I'm one of those people that, you know, I really wasn't giving Kelly her life like she should have gotten. I could only name you like two Kelly songs. I, I mean, but th- I think that that's, we going on a tangent, but it's fine because it it needs to be said. And it's our show. <laughs> <laughs> and, y'all, and y'all ain't going to stop listening. <laughs> ain't. And that's that. Or that. that. <laughs> now, no, no, seriously. I think that Calendria gets some of her strength 
performance wise and vocally from being around the girls. Mm-hmm. Like I think that some of her best moments were within the group. Mm-hmm. Like she got songs, but I don't think that her performance of those songs in studio or on stage qualifies when you put it next to the notes that she holds in right. Destiny's Child. She got the best ear in the group. That's why she was able to always be the middle ground between whoever the switcheroo was. Mm-hmm. Like, when it came down to the three, when it was DC3 and it was Beyonce and Michelle, Beyonce and Michelle collectively, like, fought back and forth. Not in a bad way, but vocally for top and bottom spots. Mm-hmm. Michelle holds the bottom note of that group. I don't give a fuck what nobody say. Michelle was a valid member in that group. Like, she yeah. stood her ground. Mm-hmm. She was the only bitch that could go back and forth for Beyonce and Survivor. Like, she did what she came to do. <laughs> but Kelly always held the middle, and I feel like just like coming from a slight bit of a musical background that's difficult to do mm-hmm. like you got two powerhouse vocalists that's like screaming and you are able to hold your manner like in mm-hmm. the middle like Kelly do what she's supposed to do but her music is not of the quality that a Beyonce has been in the past right on her own but that's why I love Latoya because Latoya's music to me hashtag Right, hashtag to me can stand next to anything. Yeah, that's out. Yeah, yeah. And can definitely stand next to anything Beyonce has put out, and in some ways has bested some Beyonce albums because I think with with Latoya, you really like Lady Love, no skips. Nope. The what's the new album? But I do back to life, no skips. Like there's back to life. I love the back to life. I'm like. It's been days where on a Saturday, well, I'll play that album all day for hours because it's just an easy listen. And if you just put it on repeat, you don't even feel like the album stopped and it started over again. Like she just did. I think Latoya knows what sounds good with her voice. Latoya mm-hmm. stay in her lane. I actually just appreciate her whole like coming back onto the scene because she be in black movies. She be in mm-hmm. black shows. Like she, she was on single ladies. Like she really haven't let us not see her. Oh no, she then, out here. Then she had that store in Dallas. She not stupid. She like, not playing. She the did check exactly ain't what she never needed to do. Stopped. Ever since Beyonce congratulated and thanked the original members of Destiny's Child when they gave her that Icon Award on the Billboard Awards, and Latoya tweeted right after that and was like, because Beyonce said thank you to Latoya Luckett, and then she tweeted right after that. Latoya was like, no, thank you. Ever since then, it's been full force. Like, I'm kicking the door down with all of my Latoya Luckett shit. Like, she's Hmm. not playing with y'all. She's always busy and always booked. And the albums are always amazing. So, I mean, even the the first song on the album, um, on of the Back to Life album, is actually a song she put out a long, long like, time I'm ready. ago. She put out a long time ago, and that song still is yeah. a bop. It still go off. Like, again, I love the Toy Lucky. The album was great. Um, Do you think that Beyonce gonna really bring all of the old members out no. for Coachella? I don't either, but it was a cute thought. It's a cute idea. I don't think that'll ever happen. Um, no. I don't think that would ever happen. Oh, look. The end. <laughs> Next case. Next case. Um, so yeah, so love Toya. Shout out to the Queen's Court, love. <laughs> no, for real, because like, I find myself saying everything that they say, and it's just like, why are y'all so funny? Kaya is a queen of comedy. Oh, definitely. Like, up there with the greats. <laughs> she don't play. Next on my list is um it's gonna be a run of racially ambiguous girls because let me tell you something i know 2017 was all about 
unapologetically black and melanin and being a melanin there and 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 black women over breathing and all that other stuff but let me tell you in terms of the music (laughs) the racially ambiguous girls of the world ran 2017 from a music perspective no yeah they were not playing with us so already sabrina is is a part of that list yeah next on that list is our girl kalani I don't think that she get her just due. She doesn't. And it's People weird because to like. She play Kalani, but what Kalani did with this album, I think, was she proved that she could do a lot of different things. For sure. Because the songs, I mean, they, they, they all sound different and it shows her range. She easily has the most crossover potential out of any young artist yep. that's out from an R&B, pop, whatever the case. Mm-hmm. Like. She can go the gamut when it comes to radio and airway play. Mm-hmm. Like, she don't have a specific bucket. I think that she's so multifaceted that it's like, she make a certain type of music, but it's going to get played across genre. Mm-hmm. And I like that so much about her. Like, when she came out with this Honey song, and I was just like, is that John Mayer on guitar? Like, what right. are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like, what are you doing right now? No, I really appreciated her album. And I also love something that you put me on to where you can hear other people singing your songs and you like it equally on their voice too. You did that. Because Should that I means explain? that it's time Should to... I explain please, because they're not going to get it from what I just said. Okay, so this is my theory. So this is how I rate whether a song is good or not. And this all started from... People getting mad at me when I said that Beyonce doesn't have great songs. And this is the the math that I use. Come on, algorithms. It's an algorithm. <laughs> first of all, I always read the lyrics first. And if the lyrics are like crazy and they're amazing, that's a, that's a point. That's a cool point for me, right? But then I think about, imagine the song being sung by people who are crazy vocalists. So I would think like, I imagine songs being sung by Jasmine Sullivan, Fantasia, and Brandy. <gasps> If and if it's like an R and B songy song, mm-hmm. and then if it's like a dancey song, I think about if Sierra made the song, would I like it? Okay. And if if I hear it in those four voices and I don't like it, to me, it's not a good song. I think that that's a valid mathematician, you know. Because the thing is, it's not. It is about what somebody, what each individual person can do to a song. But in the, the day, it's like it's a song, a song, a song. Exactly, because like if you go on love. I will always love you. It don't matter whether Dolly Parton sing it or Whitney Houston. It's a good song. Exactly. And it's just like, for example, like, speaking of Beyonce, like, Dance For You or whatever. A song. I really wasn't into Dance For You like that until I heard the Dreams um, uh, demo of it. Yeah. And I was like, wait, this is actually a really, really good song. And then I went back to Beyonce like, oh, wait, this it's actually a song. is a good yeah, song. it's a song. And so it's like, when you can hear other people sing it and it's dope, that's when you know it's a good song. So... Yes. So That's where Kalani, they came from. So, I mean, she has all kind of those very upbeat songs. I love her really personal songs. Like, the um, Not Used To It is one of my favorite songs in that album. She's talking about, like, look, I'm a broken home. I ain't never seen nobody be in a relationship. So, I be acting a mess and I be all over the place because I don't know what a healthy relationship look like. Right. Never seen it And that's life. real. And honestly, in our day and age, you have to be upfront with with those type of feelings Listen. and observations in relationships. Like, Listen. I'm into it. Know yourself. Know your worth. <laughs> wow. Hashtags. And so I think the fact that Kalani can be so introspective without it being sappy and cheesy yes. and that she can also make really like songs like too much, which is very much like... I'm this bad chick, like, 
you can't mess with me, I'm bomb, get into me, know me, know the girl. Immediately <laughs> after saying, like, yo, I had a crazy background, my life is a mess. Yeah. Like, she was really transparent on this album. Yeah. And I think that we got to know her in a way that her EPs didn't allow. Exactly. And I appreciate that, because like I said, with the Chris Brown stuff, I like when people are putting music out that taps into things that they have actually or are dealing with mm -hmm. because it makes it more personal and like it's something that I want to like listen to for sure um next on the racially ambiguous <laughs> put out a bomb album you gotta that, stop calling that's it in that. my top 10 for 2017 Miss Mila J we don't know who she is she's the older sister of Janae Aiko who we laid out earlier <laughs> <laughs> Mila J really does not get her due and it makes me mad because she's about to age out of being able to pop and that makes me so and she's been mad. working so, so hard. hard so long like again as the fifth member of B2K I knew about Mila J when I was in middle school like I was like oh mama dances <laughs> like I knew immediately like I just want Mila J, Tinashe Sierra and it's like one other bitch that danced down that I can't think of her name right now. Put them in a room, and I just want to watch them go to war. All of a sudden, Danger Zone, like Danger Room X-Men type shit. Just go the fuck off and have Maya be the judge. And like really just, you know, do what the girl should have done. <laughs> Mila J, like, I think I think she just got overshadowed by Janae Aiko because Janae Aiko popped first. And because people right now into that whole vibe thing, but like... Mila J can, well, I mean, her and Janae have the same kind of singing voice. Yeah. Um, but I think uh, Mila uses her range. Mm -hmm. Like, speaking of 2016, she brought the 213 EP, which was five. <sighs> like, I mean, <sighs> one of my, like, best guy friends, he, like, does not, he hates Sade, but he was like, Mila J's cover of Sweetest Taboo. He's like, yo, that made me kind of go back and be like, all right, let me, no, let me re listen no. to this Seriously. Sade. And I do think that it was like, because, like, I feel like her and Janae have or have had a situation as far as, like, why they don't work together mm -hmm. or something like that. I think that her putting that Sweetest Taboo song on that EP was, like, ha, a big here. Well, it ha, was five, and that was, was 2016. She did the shit out of that. Then in 2017, Dopamine. Um, she put out Dopamine. Wow. And, I mean, again, top to bottom, like... Body? The, the album was just... So like, you know you just hear it's just like it was just so good like uh, like my face melts just thinking about songs like lit Move. oh lit we had a whole moment to uh, lit like <laughs> Twitter was not safe because we was always talking about lit and then when those gifs from like various videos came out <laughs> like transform you fuckboy doom long way I mean every single song dripping dripping like, I got a playlist for dripping <laughs> hello like Mila J really came through I think she really knocked the door down I don't know what Motown is doing with her but they not doing what they should be doing because I'm gonna have to talk to a couple of people listen, about what's going on with cause her. I don't like that Mila J is not getting the life she deserves so she dropped 2 and 3 in people don't know who she is at all she dropped dopamine album 2017 and then at the end of 2017 she dropped another EP so it's like she's constantly working people just aren't paying her any mind but if these thing is if these people knew these songs existed they would love it I don't understand what's like Spotify changed my life a little Definitely. bit because like the music discovery on that app is ridiculous like 
I didn't find out about Mila J on there, of course, but I did find out about releases of hers right. that I didn't know about previously. Like, there was no promotion on certain stuff. Mm. Dopamine kind of just hit me like a ray of sun and <laughs> brought me through my darkest nights. So, <laughs> I personally was like, oh, wait, this is my shit. And then some of the songs that were on Dopamine were on, like, another EP that she put out before, mm. but in, like, conjunction with the rest of the body of work, I was like, Oh, this is an album. Like, mm-hmm. people need to clock in. Like, this is an album. And now, what irritates me is, her album was titled Dopamine, and now I'm hearing the word dopamine in, like, all these other songs. I hate when trends pop off like that, and they start from people who don't even get their shine. Right. Miller well, J is the one. Yeah, we're telling y'all that right now. Like, if you're not causing the Miller J, you need to add it to, to your personal playlist. Dopamine 213. For sure. She comes in where a lot of people have taken off or, like, stopped paying attention to. Like, there are no girls out that... There are no black girls out who be dancing like shit. Mm-mm. Like, it's not like... People don't like Tinashe. She dances like shit. Her music is not bad at all. People I mean, don't know who Mary J is. Her, Tinashe's album that came out in 2016 was easily top female song... Um, top female album of 2016. Night Ride is the one. Night Ride is one of the best albums that's come out in the last decade. And that's like, not Sison. No, that's not even Sison. Because that was like 20 songs of heat. Ain't no Touch pass. Don't start. We're going on a tangent. <laughs> We're going on a tangent. We got to have another episode about Tinashe. Just about Tinashe. Because. I'm itching to talk about Tinashe. Um, next up on my list of top 10 albums of 2017. This is also another queen. Racially ambiguous queen. Iconica. The name of her album was Indecent Exposure. <laughs> I realize that I'm dropping people's names and not saying the album, but y'all got Google, and if necessary, we can write the we can write them down for yeah, you guys. Yeah. So everything like, will be in available in the comments or whatever. But Iconica, aka formerly known as uh, Flo Finster, Finister, put out a project called Indecent Exposure, and somebody described it, and Dre said in our group chat uh-huh. as um, Quentin Tarantino trap. <laughs> No, completely agree. Spooky. Completely agree. And gory and It's a darkness to it that is cool to me. Yeah, and not contrived. No. Because so the flow finister transition was that she was doing that whole youth Quaker 60s kind of um, Edie Sesvig vibe. And then her best friend died and her life kind of just spiraled. Yeah. And you didn't hear from her. Nobody knew where she was. And then she she reemerged. As this, like, kind of dark figure because this thing happened to her, like, with her best friend and, like, her drug abuse and all that or whatever. So now she's back. Every single song is so bomb. Like, the way she even opened up the album with that song, Wild Bitch Show, mm-hmm. was like, okay, I know what time it is now. Yeah, like, immediately you're into her world. And, like, I, like, put me there. Yeah, it was that's, yeah, it was really like listening to a soundtrack of a movie because everything just felt so cinematic. Mm-hmm. Every single song. Even, like, the little, I mean, it's like the songs that weren't even really telling a story or talking about anything. You felt like, like... Like a uh, red Lamborghini, mm-hmm. like you feel mm-hmm. like you are racing in a red Lamborghini listening to that song. Yeah, she puts me in a space that I haven't been with, like, cause like when people reemerge as new people or like they change their name, I try my best to look at them in a different light or look at them as a completely different artist, cause that's what they want, like that's mm-hmm. what the brand is giving. And when she did that, I tried to, like, you know, separate her from what I knew about, like, the shades from Flo Fencer. Like, Ooh, that shades! Whole, 
<laughs> okay. Okay. Flo Finister Crown Gold EP. Go ahead. <laughs> right. Like, please tap into that if you have not heard of that. Because there were moments on there. Ooh. But for as far as Iconica X rated is concerned, I was just she transposed me. Like she put me somewhere completely different. And I was like, this is what is supposed to happen when you become someone else. Like, mm-hmm. And, like, you told the story perfectly. Like, there was a traumatic situation that happened with her in her life. She came out as this, like, horror girl, and it works. Like, the music fits, and nothing is out that sounds like it. Mm-hmm. Like, it takes from trap. It has trap drums. It has trap influences. But... It's almost like if Lana Del Rey's first album met Travis Scott. Mm-hmm. And that is something I never knew that I needed. Mm-hmm. Like, give it here. We want more <laughs> of it. I'm into it. Like, every song is a bop. You, play it in your car. Like, I know you live in New York. You don't really be doing a car set. But driving around D.C., blasting this. Oh, I be feeling like I'm going somewhere. I'm not even going nowhere. <laughs> oh. There's songs on that album. People really need to clock into that. Yeah. Um, and last on my album, I mean on my top ten 2017 album list is Toroli Moi. And I know I only said eight names, but Baby Father put out two albums. <laughs> he put out two albums in 2017, and he also did two different personas. So the first album that came out in 2017 was Chaz Bundick and the Matson Two Star Stuff album, which was a kind of uh, trippy acid jazz 70s funkadelic jazz folk jazz album <laughs> it's like it's like ja- it's like jazz mixed with all this like 70s kind of music and top to bottom again that album is beautiful i went to the tour and this is before i even the album even came out so i didn't even know any of the songs except for uh jb2 because he put it on the album they put out in 2016 called live from trona no you're no you know him you're a fan know him listen okay <laughs> They, like, Toro Moi deserves. This man can make any genre of music. He can do anything. But whatever. For, for whatever reason, people don't care about him and his music or don't know about him because another episode for another day. Another event session for another <laughs> day. But, yeah, so within, like, nine, ten months, he put out three albums. Um, and so, okay, so the first one, 2017, was Chaz Bundick, which is his real name, and the Matson 2, which is his, uh, this brother group star stuff and then in the summer he put out another Toro Imwa album called Boo Boo Uh which was beautiful album I think this was like a breakup album he got a divorce or or him and his wife are separated I don't know the exact like whatever but basically it's about their separation and so if you've been listening to Toro for a while it's really like it's like you're you're following the story, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because um, not the last Toro album, but like the one before last, he's talking about you know like them being long distance and like he wants to be with her. He needs he needs to move to California so that they can have a real relationship. And then you know all that happens, they get married, and then you get to this album, and they're like broken up. And you know he's and it's just really crazy to hear how a song like Hola can become you know. Songs like No Show, where he's basically talking about, like, we broke up, I moved to, like, Portland or something, I came back to the Bay, I didn't even call her, 
you um, know, and he, he says one, he says a line in the song when he's like, and everybody's asking me if it's weird, and he's like, no, it's like normal, like I'm back, and that's just that, and to hear that, that transition was just like crazy, and I think also too, like, I don't know if he's like leaning more into his blackness or something, but there was, <laughs> there was a little more like, like black, like black dude swag that we I don't remember ever being on any of his and albums. That's what made me like him. <laughs> like you know how I feel about that whole set, but <laughs> that's another show as well. I loved every bit of lack of a better phrase swag that I saw come through with that transition. Of Even his Instagram, it, like his Instagram it is transition. It he switched. has a whole new swag, a whole new confidence. He's a whole like. I don't be checking for the young white actors. So <laughs> I personally was very into like that urban appeal that he was giving off, and it was evident in the music. Like it made me look at him a little different. I remember being like when I first moved to New York, and I was here for that like one year time. Everybody was on Toro Emo's line, and I was just like, eh, it's okay. Like he trying to be like you know musical, <laughs> but it's. I also think a lot of people were into him just to sound cool, not exactly. they were actually and I, into. That's it. what because made me not like. The thing about Toro is that he makes old school 80s black people music Dude. like he is straight up don't disturb this groove oh very guy. much so which also just you know because i'm real dc that is what they sample for sexy ladies the only go-go song that people did not oh, know really? don't disturb this groove is sexy ladies I hate go back and listen to it it's the I same will. song i love tori moi now because of that change and it made me want to revisit the stuff that i was like Kind of scared to listen to because all of the blipsters were like, ah, I love Tori mm-hmm. Moi. Knowing good and well, they don't know shit about music at all. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, mm, I'll bet, like, I'd rather listen to something else. Like, but now, I'm a fan. I'm into it. I really did like it. Did. Um, and so, real quick, I want to run through my honorable mentions and then Muse is going to go through his top songs of 2017. Oh, Lord. So, honorable mentions, let's see, 112, they came back and kicked <laughs> the door in. That album is five. It like, is, is, is. I, uh, they to sing. Every they sing. One. Like, they sing. Um, next up is Dirty Projectors, and I almost missed that this album came out. Um, so, Amber Kaufman, the girl in Dirty Projectors, she put out her own solo album this year, and then David, who's the originator of... Dirty Projectors put out uh, Dirty Projectors album, but it's just him, and it's about his relationship with Amber, and that thing blew me away. Blew me <laughs> away. I don't skip any songs. Next is Washed Out. So it was cute that you know Toro came back out with this album after kind of making like he wasn't gonna put any albums out for a while, and that his bestie in music Washed Out came out and put out an album, Mr. Mellow, which is so good. My favorite song on there is Time Off. It's a vibe. Get into it. Um, next, uh, is Mary, Mary J. Blige, Strength of a Woman, um, she had all kind of bomb songs all written by Jasmine Sullivan. (laughs) The girl, the girl. (laughs) Um, next up is Tyler, the Creator, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful album, we talk about the difference between albums that are my personal favorite albums that were the best of 2017. Definitely. I think Flower Boy falls to the category of the best albums of 2017. I also love how everybody's like gay now and like he trying to like hinted at him like kissing a boy or some shit like that. Oh yeah, everybody's gay. I get into stuff like that. One of my other favorite podcasts, Three Black Femmes, they'll be like straight in this economy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
Shout out, shout out to three black fans. Um, also, music. The album, I feel like, was very long, but he has some of my favorite music songs on this actual album. And he thinks he's Jasmine Sullivan now because those runs that he's doing are... He's literally, like, outperforming himself vocally. Yeah. Like, he's doing things with his voice that he never would have thought of doing back in, like, the half-crazy and I just want to sing days. Like, mm-hmm. And I appreciate it because music used to be my favorite male singer. And then, like, he took some time off from, like, being the one, and now he's <laughs> back, and I really appreciate it. Yeah, and if you didn't listen to his album from 2016, um, please make that happen. That album was beautiful. He came up with two flawless bodies of work back to back. Yeah, he kind of did. Yeah, and people not doing that. And no one is listening to it, and it's very stressful. They're not even playing his stuff on, like, old head radio. I know. Because I listen to it, just because. Child, I just... Ain't nothing on Another episode. <laughs> um, next is a super indie guy named Home Shake. If you're, sorry, if you're into, like, um... If you're into, like, white hipster R&B music, you'll be into Home Shake. I think he kind of does it better than everybody else. Hmm. Um... I love when people do stuff better. Yeah, because I'm blanking on, like, the... Uh, dress well or how to dress well people are really oh, into yeah. him I but like mean. home shake does that whole thing way 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 better i love his album um shout out to my friend andrew for emailing me and putting me on to that um also i want to shout out ronald Bronner, who is thundercast little brother he's a drummer their entire family they all are incredible musicians um, Thundercat did put an album out. I do love Drunk, but his brother Ronald came through, kicked the door all the way in <laughs> um, with his album in 2017. So I love that one. You love a door um, kick down. I do. I also want to shout out uh, one of the homies, Soft Glass, put out a beautiful album um, in 2017. He's an amazing producer, musician. Um, I It's one of those albums where, like, it sounds good all the time, but it makes you feel a very different way in a different time of day. Mm-hmm. Like, you know that song Golden Time of Day by Frankie Beverly? Love. That's the perfect time to listen to his album. Um, so definitely check out Soft Glass. Um, and rounding it out, um, everybody from the internet put out live, uh, put out uh, solo albums this year. But my favorites were Steve Lacey and Matt Martians. Songs. Um, I went to Costa, no, not Costa Rica. Where did I go for my birthday? I went to Honduras for my birthday of 2017. And those are the only two albums I really listened to, Steve Lacey and Matt Martians. And it was the perfect kind of soundtrack to that environment and just like being out in this tropical place. And it just was amazing. So those are my honorable mentions. Uh, and now Muse, we on to you. So, okay, I've updated this list since we talked about it earlier. And you're probably going to be mad at me, but they need to be talked about. <laughs> I think that there are a lot of songs that came out this year. Like, music was in definitely a good place mm-hmm. in 2017. Like, it was like, I wasn't really mad at the trajectory of certain genres, and I like how certain things were fusing, but it didn't seem like anything that I was, like, bopping to or, like, going off about in a group chat or to you was being talked about on a wide or, like, mass scale at all, and I was over it. <laughs> so, first song on my list, and this is in no specific order because I don't care, they all good. <laughs> What is love? What is love? What is love by SZA? It was a collaboration between her and Kingdom because Kingdom came out with this bomb ass album. Her song, not even the best one on it. It's called Tears in the Club. Look, 
Because you cry. <laughs> I think that What Is Love took something that I personally, like, always was interested in SZA about and, like, brought it to her newer fans. Because, like, how we were talking about people be out forever. And then once they get popping is when everyone knows about them. But they weren't shooting with us in the gym when SZA was doing singing songs like Country. Ooh! And... <laughs> Oh my god. Oh my god. I didn't mean to stress you out. I'm Country. Just, oh my god. Country what was a song. You? Oh my god. Country was a song. SZA mm. got songs under her belt. So, okay. What is Love might need to be played at the end of this, but <laughs> What is Love is one of my favorite songs of the year. Like What is Love and Down for Whatever? Because she had two she songs. She did have on two that songs Kingdom on there. I should have did like a little joint situation, but I didn't want to talk about her too much. <laughs> so that's one. Also. Frank Ocean's Blonde album, I feel like, isn't able to be talked about for the year, but he's been hitting us over the head and beating us with his artistry with singles ever since then, all year long. And I think that I'm just a fan of the fact that everyone is being forced to listen to him, like, specifically talk about niggas. Like, Mm -hmm. his music is directed towards men now. Like, it's only men that he's singing about. And everybody is still listening with their ears wide open. Like, it's something that's, like, mass accepted. I am into it. Give it here. (laughs) Because he got a list of songs out, like, Lens, Provider, Chanel. I even like Biking with Jay-Z, even though I want Jay-Z to stop doing features. Fly. Uh Like, it's just, it was so many songs that he came out with. And I was just like, oh... What are you about to do? Like, I like when people preview things. Mm-hmm. I feel like you didn't come out with all of these singles for no reason just to not do nothing in the coming year. Like, something's about to happen with him, and we need to pay attention to it. Nerd. Nerd album slaps. Like, I know it's Q4, <laughs> and it's like the end of the year, but Lemon, one of my favorite songs. Oh. Lemon, one of my favorite songs of the year. But this is my gripe. They should have put Lemon out in the summer so that we could have been at Roots Picnic this year going Hey, No, I'm actually mad about that because Roots Picnic was lit. Amazing. And, shout I'm going next year. Oh, I go every year. What do you mean? mean, Also, I know this is going to come out after, but uh, the day that we're recording um, is OK Player's birthday. The the (laughs) domain was purchased today in 1998. So shout out to Philly. Shout out to Questlove. Shout out to the Roots. And shout out to Roots Picnic because it was so fun. Roots Picnic was so much fun. Like, just to go off on a tangent real quick, when they did the go-go version of I Still Love You... Yeah, it was it was problematic. I know everybody from D.C., Maryland, and Virginia because I refuse to say DMV. <laughs> I know everybody in the audience from the area was, like, going off. Like, you're not about to hit me with those drums. I love anytime Pharrell actually plays the drums right. in my face. Don't get on my nerves. So, for all of those reasons, I love Lemon. Also, Rihanna's an icon. She can't do no wrong in my book. Can't. I'm actually lying. I'm actually lying. The rollout of anti made me mad, and I do think that her fans excuse her for certain things, but that's another show (laughs) because, you know, I like to keep my fan base to a certain level of, you know, likes and stuff. But (laughs) Lemon was lit. The dancer in the video, Rihanna actually going off rapping. And mind you, this song is not new. It just came out, but it's not a new song at all. And the original version didn't even have Rihanna. It was just Pharrell rapping that part. So when he added her, it's just so badass to hear, like, girls that you are used to singing when they start giving you bars. Mm-hmm. Like, Jay even said, be a rapper, too. He said, like, it's Rihanna, nigga. Hey, <laughs> I pull up in the lemon. Ah! 
going off like you can't hear that out nowhere loud and stand still. Hey, oh my god! You can find me in the new Leperage. Hey, queen, icon, legend, statement, and star. Lover. So, with the success of one of my favorite shows now, Insecure. <laughs> the soundtrack. <laughs> Look, hashtag Steph can't relate. She don't, <laughs> she not into it like the rest of the world. Busy and booked. Uh, B&B. I'm watching Little Women Atlanta. I don't got no time. Miss Juicy. Hey. No. So, like I said. <laughs> that is going to forever get on my nerves. Like, it's never going to not be funny. Why would you braid this little braid? Oh, so I can have my little, like, Indian in my family. I'm dead. I didn't even mean to put you out there like that. But, oh, my God, for these two braids that Steph just put on her head. So, no. Insecure by Jasmine Sullivan. Title well, that little boy of, is on there, too. That little boy. Insecure by Jasmine Sullivan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not discounting Bryson, but, like, I will bring him up when I get to my next single. I just think that with this Insecure song, it brought Jasmine Sullivan to a space that was more relatable to younger kids. Because I think that people who are into vocals and, like, love R&B for what it is, and they really get into, like, the showboat of vocality they like jasmine for her runs they like what she can do with her voice they like her lower register love a lower <laughs> register wow love when women sing like she men. sing from the core of the earth she sing from the bottom of her feet every time she <laughs> sing every time she opened her mouth remember when she did gangsta oh by Kalani? yeah so yeah, okay yeah i think that this song she was still giving us all of that that we love her for but with her collaborating with bryson tiller Ugh. who i earlier did not name I think that it put her in a younger space. And she was like, almost like Rihanna was rapping. Like, she was mm-hmm. rapping her vocals in a more poetic, like, Frank Ocean kind of way than she's ever done before. And I think that if that's indicative of anything she's about to come out with, then she finally might get that Grammy that we want her to have so bad. Because y'all slept on reality show. I will never forget y'all for that. The Grammys, the Academy, the public, the whoever the fuck. I'm mad at everybody. She deserves. <laughs> I also really quick want to just mention that (laughs) Jasmine did a bunch of features this year. She did that features with that girl. Her name Nye. I don't know how to pronounce that that child name. She stole that song. That's why I don't know what the little girl name is because (laughs) Jasmine kicked her out the way and got to singing. So, you know, she did that. She did the Frank Frank Ocean feature. She did the um, uh, Gold Link feature. Ooh, shout out to that. And she also did the link with, the, I mean the link, the um the feature with um, Molly Music The Loved By mm-hmm, You, which a song. is a beautiful song. So he started doing that spoken word in the I second verse. He could have let things. Jazzy sing that second verse, but whatever. Um, so And I like him, but he didn't have to do that. Yeah, Jazzy is definitely like going, she's about to do something. She's about to do something. Because she's that been working all year. She has worked her and that mom, because you know her mom, her manager. Yep. That's that's why her videos used to be bad. Oh my god. And she was on RCA. Bye. She, RCA. She, get off of RCA. RCA do not care about nobody black except for Chris Brown. And barely. And they barely care about his ass because when he be getting in trouble, they act like they don't own him. <laughs> no, we do a whole episode about how black artists need to get off RCA because this is really just a waste of time. Yeah. Anyway, though. I just wanted to fight them. So since I brought up Bryson and his tiller, mm-hmm. I also want to talk about black. Six L-A-C-K. Six lack. <laughs> because... He, like, in the genre of fuckboy R&B, 
I really think that there is no place for anyone else except for him. Like, I'm over the Tory Lanes. I'm over the Bryson Tillers. They had their moment. Their stories were cute. Six Flag has taken that lane and ran with it. And he performs like a rock star. Like, I saw Sabrina Claudio live because of him. And I, he did the after party for Soul Aquarius. It was his oh. concert. He came out, and I was like, immediately, oh, you're going to be famous for a while. <laughs> like, you are going to be famous for a long time. His music in general is just really good to me because it comes from those like Chris Brown, Karuchi places where you could tell he, Kalani too, you could tell he's really been in these instances that he's speaking about. Like, but this song in between with our girl Banks. Oh, queen, icon, <laughs> legend. Mm-hmm. Her. That song, like her. Hashtag her. Hashtag her. That song, who also needs her own episode. That song. We do an episode for all the, like, five white girls that nobody's giving life to. I mean, we need a blue-eyed soul moment. Oh, we do. Yeah, for sure. Because JoJo deserves. Because people not talking about how Justin Timberlake's song, Set the Move Right, is sampled for Scissors Grammy-nominated The Weeknd. That's Justin Timberlake singing in the background, and y'all not going to pay him dust. But back to Set six lines. A song. <laughs> a song. And it's only half the song. Mm, Future Sex mm, Love Sounds was a whole moment in my life. Like, we, mm, we have to have it. I went to the tour in Atlanta for my 21st oh, birthday. Now I'm jealous because I had no money back then. <laughs> oh, I, I was working at Boomerdale's up Lennox. So. <laughs> <laughs> By Lennox. That's where everybody got their start. I used to work at Urban Outfitters. <laughs> Miss 60. I used to work at the Juicy Couture <laughs> and Fix. Bye. I had all them jobs. <laughs> Six Lack is everything. I just want to end it with that. Y'all need to get into his discography because from the song that he did with Janae to this song, he added three songs. He put the Kanye and his <laughs> his like album was like a ever evolving situation on iTunes and he like added songs midway through the year after it came out. So it's a song with T Pain on there. Oh. The Bank song is on there and it's like one other single, Bomb. Maybe I'll listen. You need to get into it. I keep trying to tell you he's good. We talked about Frank Ocean. We talked about Six Lack. We talked about Jazz Man. I'm about to derail everybody. <laughs> Azealia Banks. <laughs> I know we're supposed to be like rooted in the heart and soul of R&B. But mama raps and y'all gonna stop faking like she don't. Like, <laughs> Wait, what song are you? Chi-Chi. Oh, yeah. She she, went so on. like, Chi-Chi really did what the girl should have done. Like, yeah. she be coming out of the woodworks with bars her wordplay yeah. is bananas to me like she literally rap better than most of these niggas out here <laughs> and i'm not mad at any of the craziness because the music backs it up i do want her to stop and like i want her to chill out i want her to calm down but she don't have a bad song no and you no. can't say nothing bad about her music you could say that you're not into it but you can't say she didn't do what she was supposed to do she literally rapped from a place of artistry that i've never seen before mm-hmm. like she really be rapping like shit and saying stuff like she be saying pa-rum-pa-pa-pa-pa-pa on certain stuff. And I be like, but it go, though. But it go, though. Like, I don't know. She, like, make beats with her mouth. Like, yep. she just be saying certain stuff. And I just be like, she really raps. Like, wow, wow, wow. Chi-Chi, she came hard. I think that it was, like, different for her to do a song like that as, like, oh, I'm back. Mm-hmm. Because people are used to the more, like, sing-songy and, like, poppy and dancey music from mm-hmm. her. And I think that that's why a lot of people don't really vibe with her. Right. But when she does rap like hardcore female rap like off some like foxy brown like Mm -hmm. the intergalactic version of when she does that i'm all the way clocked in like she literally raps so good to me no bad songs whatsoever while we just talking about like i just want everybody to clock into the fantasy oh my god just because chips oh uh (laughs) jamaji oh 
Raps. Fuck up the fun. Uh, I used to be on Azealia's line when Later <laughs> came out. She Ooh, said, Oh my god. She said, He just wanted to lick it off the feet of my panties. Oh my god. <laughs> Rap to me. Rap to me. You gotta pay a lot for this behavior. If it ain't about a dollar, I'm gonna holler at you later. That's a hashtag. Anybody who needed a capture for me this year, you should have used that one. I'm tired of giving out Instagram Light captions. Light skin girl. Light skin girl. Sipping this vanilla with the dog. Hey! <laughs> and she funny too. Like yeah. it's just, it's so many different things I like about Azealia Banks that I can't even like go to bat for her on because everybody's like, no, she's crazy. She's doing this. She's blackballed herself in the industry. Okay, and the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're not wrong. I still like her. Love her. Hello? Crazy out. Love her, though. And Kaya like her, too. So, that make me like her more. Uh, and we love Kaya. Do. So, I mean, I think we tackled everything on our list for our first episode. Pretty much, yeah. Of the size. We hope y'all enjoyed the first episode. We hope y'all enjoyed all the music we played and talked about. Hopefully, you'll be uh, telling all your friends about it. You'll be downloading these albums. You'll be supporting these artists. Because that's the whole point of this podcast, not us just being annoying on y'all line, yelling about music. I mean, that's fun too, though. That part. (laughs) Um, And this is what we do anyway. Like all all day day long. Every day. Like this is like a phone conversation between us. Pretty much. Yeah. That's really how it started. So, yeah, if you're into it, share it with your friends. Tell everybody about the sites and we'll catch y'all next month. Tell your mama. Tell your papa. Okay. <laughs> and that's how we end the show. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Bye. Been a while since I've been home. It took a second cause my baby don't know I've been so hesitant, I'm such a no-show Why my baby got fed up with my ego Oh, oh, oh Wasn't even thinking we were going worldwide Figured it was better than the southern life What?